Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Rohit Hajula. Rohit started his career working in product development, and over time, that evolved into vendor management roles in procurement. Today, he continues that work, and he has also co-founded a business called Vendor Management Office that helps track third-party technology vendors. So hello, Rohit. How are you? Hi, Kelly. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking and uh, having me here. So I shared very, very high level about your background in my intro, but what else about your professional journey would you like people to know? Uh, so, uh, Kelly, speaking broadly about my profile, uh, you know, I started my career in, in 2000, um, and for the next 10 years, I uh, worked in sales, uh, and uh, it was mostly enterprise sales. Um, I've been in technology uh, and telecom domain mostly uh, during those years. Um, and then I switched um, to a product development role as you described earlier. Uh, and uh, you know, I spent about two years in product development and um, I, I, I'm currently working with TD Bank as, um, as a vendor manager. Um, and uh, I, within the bank, I've, I've, I've held different roles. Uh, you know, I started with infrastructure technology. Um, then I moved to another to supporting um, another line of business uh, within um, within the bank. Uh, it's internally it's called enterprise protect, but it's more around cybersecurity. And currently, I'm uh, supporting the fraud line of business. So that's the overall. Uh, profile. Uh, on the other hand, you know, as you said, um, I have uh, a website called vendormanagementoffice.net where you know we regularly post uh, some interesting stuff around you know how to manage your technology vendors, how to manage you know technology risk, uh, any latest happening around your suppliers, anything that is in public media, news articles. We you know we post all of that so that you can you know the readers can take a conscious decisions. Uh, and we also have uh, another platform called ProcureIT.ai, where you know we are building software to uh, manage uh, technology vendors into it. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about risk in a minute, but first I just want to ask you because I'm always interested in hearing people's stories behind this. What made you decide to become an entrepreneur? So. Uh, I've been in vendor management role uh, since last more than seven years now, and I've changed. I've seen a shift happening over the last you know many years uh, from just being you know a cost saving a cost saving shop to uh, basically getting integrated with uh, the business and supporting the line of business in. Uh, uh, making sure that you know they they stay resilient, uh, you know they, there are no interruptions, 
and we are playing an active role uh, in managing risk for for them. And risks and can come from any direction, but you know, largely speaking, our role is now evolved, and now you know cost saving, although it's still on the plate. Uh, we are now managing risk uh, from you know governance and compliance perspective as well. So uh, I think the you know this role is going to further evolve, and you know the vendor managers will play further active role in supporting the business, but. In future, I think um, the vendor, uh, the supply, uh, the, the basically the supply and uh, uh, sourcing managers and the vendor managers and and people in this community will play a very strategic role in making sure in in the success of any organization. Uh, even you know CEOs are now paying attention to um, you know to this community. Uh, from the sense, you know, they're recognizing that, you know, we have to have, we have to deal with third party suppliers, you know, either because, you know, we don't have those capabilities today and we need uh, those capabilities from those third party suppliers, or maybe we, you know, we just don't have resources or time and money and, and maybe it's not our core expertise to, you know, do certain things which we outsource. So eventually third party suppliers are going to play a major role in the success of any organization including uh, you know uh, improving their competitive positioning so uh, people who are going to manage those relationships are going to be really really critical in ensuring the success of any enterprise so long answer short you know i'm seeing a lot of shift happening in this space uh, the next wave of innovation will come in this space uh, there are so many changes that are that are happening in in you know uh, in in the technology space, and uh, so I see a lot of opportunity for growth, a lot of opportunity for collaboration, innovation that will eventually help a lot of organizations in achieving the success that you know I defined earlier. And it's interesting because so much of the shift in procurement's focus has been decided for us. You know, we've had all of these disruptive events and levels of uncertainty, and we've had to accommodate those in order to both continue managing supplier relationships and continuing to address costs, but risk has become an increasingly large part of procurement's focus. If we narrow the enormous world of of risk that we all live in, specifically to IT, what are some of the risks that companies open themselves up to if they're not actively managing their IT providers? So I think the biggest threat that, you know, uh, that surround us and every other organization, whether it is regulated, non-regulated, whether it is IT, non-IT, is the cybersecurity risk. Uh, ransomware being the largest risk within cybersecurity. Uh, I was reading a research uh, and it said cybersecurity costed the world $20 billion in 2021. And by 2031, it is going to rise up to $265 billion. So it's a huge wow. cost. And this is going to, this is, this is continuing to, you know, haunt every you know, cybersecurity expert, CISOs, CIOs, because, uh, you know, that's a significant risk uh, that the organizations are, you know, opening itself to. 
you know, average ransomware cost for every organization is, is around $220,000. If you get, you know, if you, if you, if you get hacked, it's, I mean, the ransomware cost itself is not the biggest cost. I'm sorry, uh, I'll repeat my phrase, what, what I just said. So ransomware is, is one of the biggest costs, but you know, there are other associated costs, uh, you know, that come with it. So tomorrow, if you get affected, then uh, you, you, you're also facing downtime. You're also, you know, uh, losing a lot of money in lost opportunities, you know, ransomware removal cost, recovery expenses, you know, and then uh, any money, any money that is lost uh, in manpower, right? All those man hours that are lost. So it's a huge challenge, huge cost, and then you know, then you are, um, you know, then you're prone and open to you know compliance risk, privacy risk. So there is a huge <laughs> impact out there, which which happens as a result of cyber risk. So I guess I think so. That's those the, numbers that's, are enormous. Absolutely. Now, when you and I spoke previously, you had actually talked about sort of a multi-stage process for companies that are looking to bring their IT contracts under management, hopefully thwart some of these costs associated with cybersecurity, ransomware. Um, take me through sort of the two stages. So I think you talked about like a, a day one versus a, a day two, at least in the abstract. What should that process look like? So uh, I'll say every organization is different and uh, they have different uh, sourcing processes, as I would like to call it, or, or third party management uh, processes. Uh, typically day one to me is when you're, you know, you're, when you're buying something, uh, or you're negotiating a contract, you know, just getting vendor on board, uh, you know, and then you're taking a look at, you know, the, uh, the associated risks you're doing, the, you know, uh, risk assessments on, you know, what this vendor is doing and, you know, how is it helping the organization, uh, you know, what kind of data would it, would it have access to? Uh, if they have access to any data, you know, uh, you know, uh, what are they doing with it? Uh, whether it is stored on cloud, whether it is on-prem, uh, and if they have access to, access to the data, then how are they protecting it? You know, so you do all these due diligence items during you know the negotiation phase, and once you sign the contract, uh, you know the day two kicks in, where you know now the focus is on managing that relationship. And um, so when you when it comes to managing that relationship, there has to be uh, you know a continuous monitoring of that relationship from performance. So is the supplier meeting the SLA requirements? You know, is the supplier, uh, you know, complying with all the contractual requirements? So if the supplier was supposed to, you know, provide us a software report on an X date, did the supplier provide the software on an X date? Uh, if, they, if they did, then did we internally review it? Are there any additional risks that needs that need to be mitigated, right? Have uh, they provided us insurance certificates, right? Uh, did they conduct a disaster recovery test? Uh, so, you know, for high-risk vendors, it is usually a requirement to uh, for, for the vendor to conduct uh, the disaster recovery test on an annual basis. So, you know, you need to track all that information. And if there are any risks found or any, any exposure to, you know, anything that then you need to capture that and discuss internally and make sure that, you know, you reduce or mitigate that risk. Now, when you and I spoke previously, I can remember... Uh, admitting something to you, and I admit it again in this audience because I have a feeling there are a lot of people listening in that have found themselves in the exact same place. 
And that is being in procurement, it's very common to be involved in sourcing projects to select apps, software, whether enterprise or something a little bit more limited. And we always have this really nice data security, info security, IT security, we'll call it what you like, questionnaire in the RFP. And it's got a lot of questions in it. And IT has signed off on those questions. And when it comes time to evaluate providers, we make sure dutifully that questionnaire is included in the RFP. And then when the responses come back, we take that section of the RFP and we package it up nicely. And then in most cases, absolutely nothing happens with it. So we're collecting the information, but we're not necessarily acting on it. How can procurement use this moment in our processes to find another opportunity to evaluate and mitigate risk? Uh, That's a great question, Kelly. And I think procurement plays a very critical and crucial role when uh, you're doing RFPs or negotiating contracts. Uh, And procurement is, is, is the single function that talks to all the people. Uh, and, you know, procurement is also a relationship builder within the organization. So usually, you know, uh, the way I would handle it is, you know, I would create relationships with multiple stakeholders within my organization. I will speak to, so for example, if you're talking about, you know, cybersecurity and, you know, the, the, the security questionnaire, you know, I would go back to my cybersecurity team and say, hey, this is, contract we are negotiating uh this was the questionnaire this was a standard question or a customized question which was sent to the supplier these are the responses can you just take a look from your lens and see if you know if there if anything stands out uh you know are we covering our risk appropriately is there anything that you know you want us to negotiate with the supplier uh, any change in terms and conditions any additional controls that you want to put in place to protect, um, you know, organization's data. So, uh, you know, you need to secure those and, and solidify those relationships with multiple stakeholders internally. Uh, you know, large organizations will have, you know, multiple teams, uh, you know, who, who may have reviewed, you know, legal team may review it, review it uh, your sourcing team may review it, your cybersecurity team may review it, uh, your information security team may review it, your privacy team, if there is one, then they may review it. So everyone, you need to go back to everyone and see, okay, tell them that this is what we have and please review it and provide us feedback. And then you take that feedback and, you know, you put that, you know, those action items in action. You go back to the supplier and say, this is the feedback we got, can make these changes. And that's how you incorporate those changes in the contract. Remember, uh, you know, once the contract is signed, then that becomes your Bible. And the vendor will... (laughs) behave, act, and respond based on what's written in the contract. It will become very, very hard, you know, to ask the vendor to do something which is not written in the contract. So your best bet and your best chance in a high-performance contract, in, in, in crafting and signing a high-performance contract is to, you know, do your due diligence, make the right connection with your stakeholders, get them to review it, and include as many clauses and as many conditions and as many controls as possible in the contract so that tomorrow, you know, you're covered from the perspective of the risk. Now, given all of your experience with vendor management, one last question on this topic I want to ask you. 
you know, we've talked a lot. You yourself mentioned relationships. Procurement sometimes talk about partnerships. Uh, when we think about collaborating with our suppliers, I think sometimes maybe there's a disconnect between what we envision and what it actually looks like in practice. So I'd be interested to get your point of view. What would you say that truly collaborative suppliers look like, you know, regardless of the category of spend that we're talking about? Yeah, regardless of the the, the spend category, I think the ideal supplier relationship is where, you know, you're taking care of their interest as well. It's not a one-way street. There, there is a reason why we call them partners because they are actually the partners to your success. So in order to get, you know, get some, you need to give some as well. So you need to work collaboratively with them. Uh, you know, uh, you need to listen to, you know, what are their challenges uh, and you need to help them somehow in your capacity so that, you know, they can achieve what they want to and in, in return, uh, you know, hopefully they will uh, you know, comply with your requirements. Uh, an ideal relationship is going to be a two-way relationship. It's not a one-way relationship. And you need to build that relationship. It's not, it's not it can't be done overnight. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've been in relationships which were, you know, sour for some reason. And it took me a lot of time and nurturing that relationship that, you know, after some time, it eventually became a collaborative relationship and, you know, led to a successful, uh, you know, supplier uh, supplier management program. So, Rohit, as we start to wind down our time together, I want to give you the opportunity to answer your choice of one of the two following questions. This is part of being a guest on The Sourcing Hero. So your choice is, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or a broader way of looking at the same idea is what do you think heroism looks like in a business context? You can choose either one of those questions. So I would choose, you know, the question on, you know, the heroism, you know, how, how does uh, heroism, you know, what does heroism sound like in procurement, right? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, right, uh, we are living in the future already. Uh, and there is a lot of change that is happening around us. And the change is very, you know, it's happening at a very high speed rate. Uh, you know, there are supply related, you know, issues and challenges, you know, talked about, we talked about the cybersecurity, you know, threats and, you know, there are so many suppliers, you know, and the, and the ransomware gangs also, you know, target a lot, lot of third party, you know, suppliers because that, that's an easier target for them, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, governance and compliance perspective becomes very important to make sure that, you know, you're covering the risk. But given the state we are in uh, and given the change that, you know, that that revolves around us, you know, this, uh, a supplier, uh, sorry, uh, a procurement hero will be a person or a team of people who will who will understand what what are the changes that are happening around us, you know, there is a lot of changes that are happening in you know, robotic process automation, virtualization. We're talking about metaverse. We're talking about artificial intelligence. We're talking about you know distributed architecture, hybrid cloud, software 2.0, zero trust architecture. So there's a lot of information out there. So this person or a team of people 
who will understand you know all these moving pieces tie them together and you know enable a journey for their own organization to a future future world of procurement which will be very futuristic very very advanced and remember there is no end to it you know you may decide that you know, okay this is where we are today and you know um, this is where, this is where we want to be once you start this journey today to achieve what you want to achieve in you know maybe 3 years or 5 years down the line the entire dynamic might change again because you know again uh, because the change is so rapid it's you know by the time you you you, you reach your end goal after 5 years things will change again and then you will be you know thinking about something else so i think it's a, it's a continuous improvement journey from now until you know there is no end end, end to end to uh, that that journey it's it's a continuous improvement journey so that, that team will or that person who understand you know what you know that it's a continuous in, uh, improvement journey and make sure that the organization is set up in a way that you know all these changes are understood and there are steps that are that are being taken uh, to take the organization to the next level so that is a person who will in, in my opinion will be the real procurement hero who transforms the procurement organization in an, in 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 their organization to make sure that that their organization is successful and resilient when i appreciate your point about we're living in the future already i i think as you've said the rate of change is accelerating and the more we can think of ourselves as sort of living beyond our present moment i think the more effective we can be and hopefully you know we started out talking about risk but a lot of times when we talk about risk we actually mean unexpected changes um, that aren't necessarily disruptions. And so the extent to which we can expand our awareness and be thinking a little bit beyond where we thought we were going to be in this moment certainly gives us an opportunity to ward off some of the negative downsides that can accompany risk if we're not prepared. So Rohit, I want to thank you for joining me and ask you one last question. If people have listened into this conversation and would like to learn more or would like to connect with you directly, what is the best way for them to get in touch? So I'm very active on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, anyone who wants to connect or follow me is free to you know uh, connect with me on on LinkedIn. And I'm very responsive on LinkedIn. So if you have any further questions or you know um, want to speak with me or connect with me, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for sharing your time and experience and being with me here today on the Sourcing Hero podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Kelly, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for the Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.